Hi, and welcome to another very special episode of our new series, Women in Politics, Independence Day. I'm Janie Morris from Transforming Now Together and founder of Shiro's Unlimited. And it's my absolute pleasure to have your company either once again or for the very first time, welcome. The reason that we decided to create this very special podcast series is that if you haven't already seen or heard or felt the uprising of women around the world for positive change and real change, then I don't know where you've been. And in Australia in particular, we're focusing this year on all of the upcoming elections. Mm. There's a lot of state elections, a lot of federal, there's the federal election, there's elections all around the world. And this new series is going to be showcasing many of the individuals that are actually um, uh, putting their hand up and saying, I want to take an independent seat and make real change. So throughout this series, you will see lots of different women from all over the world. But today, my very special guest comes from a very special part of Australia in Victoria. Her name is Penny Scott, and she's known as the Bush Goddess. So we're going to ask her a little bit more about that. Um, but Penny is running as an independent in the next federal election for Australia 2022, independent for Riverina. Uh, her hashtag is regenerate Riverina. And Penny, it's my absolute pleasure to have you as our guest today. Welcome. Thank you, Janie, very much. And welcome to everybody tuning in. If I can just make one correction, the Riverina is in New South Wales. Oh! Victoria. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, my apologies. Um, well, you know what? It's still equally a very special place in Australia. Oh, it is. It is. Especially yeah. for especially for all of our international uh, viewers and listeners, um, Penny, of which we have bunch, you know, thousands of, um, they would all know that Australia is a very special place. So, um, so what we'd like you to do, Penny, if you wouldn't mind, if you could give our um, audience now just a little bit of background on you first before I rip right in on the questions. Thank you very much. I'm a country woman through and through. I'm of the land and I am with the land for which I am eternally grateful. My family background is that both sides of my family arrived in Geelong, in Victoria, in 1839 and went their respective ways. But interestingly, members of both families met up for a while and then separated again until my parents came to meet each other. And here I am, the happy result, one of four. And so it's always been with the land and agriculture. And my childhood, most of my childhood was spent in the far west of the Riverina, in the big sky country. It's a series, of, it's flattish country, but there are networks of creeks and little rivers and secret water holes. And we lived on the Edward River, which is an anna branch of the Murray River. So water is a theme or it's a very, it's regarded as a very dry area of the countryside, but water is a theme of everywhere I've lived and respecting water, caring for water and not overusing water as a child 
has built in some very strong habits. Turn the tap off while you're cleaning your teeth. Don't waste water. I can wake from a very sound sleep if I hear a tap dripping. That's how inbuilt water is to our lives in this part of the world. And I had a blessed childhood. I went away to boarding school and then would come home for the holidays and bring girls from other parts of Victoria to come and stay and they were just, oh my gosh, this is a real station. And it was compared to the size properties in Victoria. And we ha it had kangaroos and emus and goannas and the bird life and the fish life and insects and the critters and the plants. It was just paradise. And so I would ride my horse all the time and then help with the mustering and the shearing and the cattle work and farming and growing food is in my is in my dna and i love that and so over time i've bred five sons that's really good country speak for your mother of <laughs> and they're all wonderful men now and adults of course and i'm the grandmother of 10 children and i have four extraordinary daughters-in-law and this is one of the motivations for me now to be saying enough is enough. We cannot go on any further with the current political status quo because we're at a tipping point. And quite basically, I've, I could not sit down any longer and say, oh, well, okay, it'll all be right and let it go. No, we're not. So this is why now is the time. So Penny, in that, given that you've got, you know, your life, your, your life is in the country, you're a country girl, that's oh, good. Yeah. And, and your family are as well. Um, and did I get it right that you, your, your nickname is the Bush Goddess? Did that's I get that great. right in the introduction? Great. Thank you. So, so, so given that and the way of the world and in, in particular at the moment, how was how has all of the um, uh, the changes, the confusion, the issues that are going on, how have you been seeing that that does affect people in the country? Because, because many would not, as you say, many would not be aware of how that does affect our communities in the country. And given that our communities in the country are the ones that actually support the communities in the city. Mm. So how, what, what sort of effects have you been seeing out there? Well, there are a number of categories, actually. Weather is one. And as a child, I can remember the patterns of our summers. And it was, it would be hot because the Western Riverina is known to be hot. However, it would gradually become more humid and then 12 to 14 days after the period of heat, we'd get a thunderstorm. And the, it was a bit like up north in Darwin before the wet. And so that was a very continuous, reliable summer rainfall pattern. And then we'd get most of our rains in the winter, late autumn, winter and early spring. And the countryside adapts to that. So you're looking at the ecologies which have developed and revolved around those patterns. This is where intimate knowledge 
of your landscape is really, really important. And that's one thing my father and my grandfathers and my grandmothers in the garden sphere taught me how to be so observant. And you're always looking around and feeling the humidity, listening to the air, because there's so much you can learn once you know how to. So weather is one thing that has definitely changed in the past 40 years. And now, well, I don't really need to speak about what's happening up in southeast Queensland and northeastern New South Wales. It's coming down. It's in the southern highlands of New South Wales. Sydney is awash. This, people say, oh, it's unprecedented. However, it is not unforeseeable. And we have had so many indicators of something changing for decades and yet they've been ignored so the anthropocene the um, human induced changes in our weather patterns ignore them at your peril honestly go and dig a hole now and put yourself in it and get out of our way the other thing that's things that have changed uh, in the country is the loss of populations thriving rural towns and villages were everywhere and yet these have diminished for a number of reasons, but one of them is corporatized agriculture. So a soup, for an example, a superannuation fund will decide, oh, we're going to invest in land and commodities. And yes, there've been ups and downs and booms and busts, but the acquisition of land is a very constant value. And when these corporates buy out a number of properties, they only need one manager. So instead of five smaller farms having five families, only one person gets to live there. So there was there are empty houses and the whole property is consolidated and run as one entity. That means the kids are no longer at the school. It means the little shops no longer have to provide resources and items for five families, it's now only one. So this diminution of rural populations has been extraordinarily destructive. And I really refer back to First Nations saying, people need country and country needs people. We've grown up together and yet when you take out the people, the energy changes so much. And that's when you don't have as many people in small towns, you don't have the local economies. Shops close. So so with those points um, as well, Penny, um, what, what spurred you to make the decision to actually get involved? Let, let's, let's, not not putting aside those issues that you've just highlighted, which are which affect everybody, absolutely everybody. It's 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 a domino effect. But let's not forget that the uh, the the um, shall I say the industry of politics um, is 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 uh, uh, hasn't hasn't got the greatest look, <laughs> <laughs> shall we say? So so. 
a question that I'm asking all of my guests, obviously, because I'm showcasing all of the independent women that are standing up for elections in their countries. Um, what made you decide to get involved and stand up and go, I'm going to get, I'm going to go and get involved in that industry. What was it? Oh, my mother was horrified. She said, oh my God, it's a filthy profession. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I said, well, unless we have more women in there, there's been too many pale, stale males occupying those seats in the House of Reps and the Senate for too jolly long. And all I can say is I rest my case because unless we have change, we're just going to get more of the same. Albert Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, we know that does not work. So as Kathy McGowan said, if not me, who? If not now, when? And I'm at the age and stage of my life now where I have nothing to fear and nothing to lose. <clears throat> and that's why. And also because I'm a very exciting, colourful, intelligent alternative to our incumbent. <laughs> and that you are. Um, Penny, um, so when, when you're out, and I know that you've, you are incredibly active on the campaign trail. However, you've been active before this anyway. You're very, you're, you're a community-minded person. You're incredibly heavily involved in so many different organizations within and for your communities. Um, so when you're out and about, Penny, what are people saying to you that they would like you to do when you win? The first thing most people say is, Oh, thank heavens we've got someone to vote for. There's an alternative because otherwise it's been Labour or Nats, really, and a couple of twiddlers in the middle. But people are not comfortable with that binary. So having someone coming through the middle is really attractive to them. People are concerned about the future, particularly the farmers I speak with. And I know so many of them, there's a wonderful organization called Farmers for Climate Action. And people are thinking, oh, those farmers are a bit slow out there. No way. Farmers are some of the most proactive people when it's coming to looking after their land that I know. Because they, and succession is a really important part of that. So they're thinking for the next generation and the following generation. And there are so many women farmers now. And I know so many men who are, we think of the stereotypical farmer as a bloke, slightly broken down physically, about 59 to 65, and they're rusted on. No way. This image has to be shattered. And they're saying, we're sick of the National Party. They're not doing anything. We need a fresh start. We need hope. We need someone who's going to get into represent us and let the parliament and advocate for us so that we can see the changes we want for our children and our grandchildren and even those we haven't met yet. 
And so I say the next 10 generations, we make decisions with the next 10 generations in mind. And this is what people want, something longer than another political cycle. Farming is a very long term business and enterprise. You have emotional connections with the land. And what you're doing today has an impact for another decade. So the thought process and the decision making processes are very profound. It's used in farming, but I don't see it being used in politics. Yet that's what is needed. Thoughtfulness, imagination, vision for the next 10 generations. Do you feel that the um, the global pandemic over the last two years has uh, I don't like using the word and the, the term sort of awakened, but but do you think that it's shifted people's mindset to being more aware of their lives in their communities and their futures rather than being you know, along the complacent treadmill of life. And, you know, it's, you know, as you've already described throughout this interview, do you think number one, that question, but also number two, how has the global pandemic affected communities in the country? Number one, first, I think the COVID, the repercussions and the restrictions and lockdowns have really shaken people to the core where I live. And in the first couple of weeks was, yes, we'll flatten the curve. But then the isolation, we have isolation enough in the country mm. as it is just simply by distance and geographic situations to have more isolation imposed upon people has actually resulted in higher rates of suicide. Mm. This is absolutely shameful mm. that and it's still happening it, it it is very emotional because i've seen small country towns which were once so bonded and united and a real community being cleaved in half with self-appointed vigilantes who started telling other people what to do regarding how they should operate or behave during the restrictions. And I, it's been a shock mm. to me. And it's going to take quite a deal of time for our communities to heal. And that is one thing that I want to bring in is in enable and facilitate local communities. They know their issues. They know the solutions. We do not need a gas-led recovery. <laughs> that is the greatest load of balderdash I have ever heard. I find it arrogant, extraordinarily disrespectful, and demonstrates the lack of care this government has for its, con its constituents. Gobsmacking. So bringing people together and healing, that's a very important set of activities and it's around regenerating. So we come back to the central theme of the campaign, Regenerate Riverina, and it's particularly focused on communities and local economies 
and landscape regeneration and small water cycles and carbon cycles and fun. You're at fun. Remember that one? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my my favorite my favorite F word. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes. And people as I still see people a bit nervous of being out in public. Mm. That's a totally different atmosphere to how we used to operate here, mm. which was so close. Mm. And I don't know how some people have their beliefs and that's fine, but the longer term implications of maintaining a divide are not helpful. And so healing our countryside, healing our people, healing our economies, because we've lost thousands of businesses, small to medium enterprises over the past two years have not been able to financially survive these restrictions and lockdowns that hurts. So to overcome hurt, we need to heal. And that's going to take an entirely new set of imagination and vision. I don't have the answers, but the people in their and we've got 14 local government areas across the Riverina. That's a lot. Uh, and 49,000 square kilometers. That's a big lot. And it's the people in West Wyalong and parks and Cootamundra and Ganmain who know what they need. It's not for me. So they tell me, and one of the, at, at a, an event yesterday, local governments are the recipients of macroeconomic decisions, which are made far, far away. And we have structural poverty now, and it's the local governments who are expected to pick up the pieces. The fastest growing group of homeless people in Australia is women over 55. Right. When I was having this discussion with the deputy mayor of Wagga yesterday, Jenny McKinnon, and it's not just them, that's just the fastest growing group. Mm. And we've got many ingredients for these perfect storms happening at the moment. And for a wealthy country such as Australia, we have one of the most appalling distribution of wealth models. Jenny was saying the last time the gap was the narrowest between the wealthy and the poor was in 1971. It's a really interesting That's schematic interesting. to think about. Mm. So for the past 50 years, it's been doing this again. It's, it's really interesting. And especially when you, um, um, cite that fact in regards to the fastest growing demographic of women, homeless women, as women over 50s in, in country regions, uh, as an advocate for homeless women and advocacy for, ch an advocate for change for that demographic. Um, uh, I concur that that is, you know, not only is that correct, but what has concerned me in that space in particular over the last 18 months is that there has been plenty of conversation, shall we say, in and around the solutions and the, um, uh, and the support for for um, that demographic. Uh, however, that's all it is. 
there yeah. is there you know so i'm i'm personally delighted to hear that not only are you you of course are very much aware of that but you're also one of the things that i can say that i've i'm loving what i'm hearing from you personally uh penny is that uh i'm hearing that you very much are aware that when you win this seat and that you are in parliament that you are there representing your community and it's your community that will be instructing you and informing you and educating you on what needs to happen within that community and i think it i mean it's it's a great um it's it's a great thread between all of you that i am interviewing at the moment but in particular the power of that that i'm getting from you right now is 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 um is incredible so i i just want to give you you know kudos for that because you know understanding and 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 being aware of you know it takes a team you know like they say it takes a, a village to raise a child uh no kidding you know it takes you know all these communities to get that change within the riverina that is required that you've highlighted i mean so many layers that you've we've talked in our in our um interview today you know the the water issues um you mentioned farmers for climate action an incredible organization that really is active in that space and not just you know talking um you know it's clear that balance on all levels is essential for you penny um and that the issues for women in your community and just some of these layers have come through uh from our conversation today and can i say to you that um your the slogan regenerate is uh is you know regenerate uh, riverina is is spot on but the one word that I come away from our discussion today that you've shared with us that I'm sure that all of the communities in in all areas uh, would take is hope. And, mm. that's, and that's where we're at as a global community right now. What we're all looking for is hope and hope attached to real action and real change. And, uh, and from our conversation today, that's, that's what I'm hearing and I'm hoping that our audience hears it as well. Thank you. Well, Hope, we mustn't put it too far away from ourselves and we mustn't underplay what each of us are capable of doing. We can hope for lots of things, but if they're unrealistic, then you're dashed. So expectations, need to be measured against capacity but that doesn't stop you from dreaming and after spending uh, i was at four events in wagga yesterday for international women's day which was just so powerful and it is women supporting women which uh, when we do that we can overcome anything there aren't barriers but we need to honestly genuinely support each other and I love the old saying, a rising tide floats all boats. So let's create that rising tide by supporting each other. And we have millions of young girls coming through now. And these little girls are our future. And I have six granddaughters. I love my grandsons as well. However, it is the girl child now which in the past has been put relegated to the back, but the girl child now is our future.
And so I'm here to look after my grandchildren and everybody else's grandchildren in the Riverina. So we create a beautiful future for them and the next 10 generations. I think that that's nearly a fantastic way to close our interview. However, I never let any of my guests go without asking one very quick question. If you had an eight-year-old Penny in front of you right now, what advice would you give to her? Keep loving your land. Keep learning about your countryside. Become closer to nature because without nature, we have nothing. Ecologies enable societies which create economies, and that is the order. And yet it's been reversed at our peril. So learn to love your land and speak kindly and lovingly to it. That is great advice for anybody at the age of eight or 80. <laughs> Let me yeah. say, Penny, it's been my absolute pleasure having you uh, on our Women in Politics Independence Day podcast series. Um, all of your contact details and where people can find out more about you, how they can support you, uh, where they where you're going to be, and uh, all of your socials is uh, underneath our podcast uh, uh, right now. What is your What is your website? Where can people go to to contact you first up? Penny Scott, P-E-N-N-I-E, scott.com.au. Fantastic. Janie, thank you so much for the opportunity and to meet you. Oh, you are you are more than welcome and good good luck. I'm well I actually I don't need to say good luck because uh I, I think what I would like to do is invite you after you win. Uh I would I know you'll be incredibly busy. Uh however, uh we would like to invite you back again so you can let us know what is coming up in the future for not just the Riverina, but the change that you will make on a global scale as a direct result of you taking a, a seat at the decision making table in Parliament. So I extend that invitation to you now. <laughs> I accept it straight away. Thank you very much. Thank you, Penny Scott. Penny Scott is the independent for Riverina in the upcoming Australian 2022 federal elections. As I mentioned before, all of the details on where to find out more about what Penny's doing, how you can support her, how you can volunteer if you want to, how you can donate with her cause and make a difference for the country of Australia. Uh, all of those details are below. And if you enjoyed this podcast as much as I love in bringing these podcasts uh, to you, make sure that you uh, share it, Comment below if you've got any questions, make sure you let us know those as well. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe because that way you'll always get the latest podcasts straight to you as soon as they come out before the rest of the world sees them. So make sure you subscribe, go to www.janiemorris.com, Transforming Now Together. That's our organization and that's what we do. I'm Janie Morris. It's been my absolute pleasure to have your company once again. And I look forward to having you next time on our latest very special series, Women in Politics, Independence Day.